Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. A revenge game for the Colts. The Bills knocked us out of the playoffs last year in the wild card round, and now they have a chance to knock us out of playoff contention in 2021. As the Colts enter week 11 at 5-5, five and five, the Bills enter at 6-3. and three. So this is a huge game. This is a flip game. We could win our sixth game and hand them their fourth loss. If we improve to 6-5 and five and they fall to 6-4, and four, there will be a half a game difference and will hold the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Buffalo Bills. The Patriots are playing great football. They won again last night against the Atlanta Falcons. So the Bills are not a lock for the postseason. They're a very good team. They will probably get better now as the year goes on. They have a great defense. They have a great offense. They are a great football team. They're actually first in defensive points allowed, and they're second in points scored. So... When you look at those two metrics, they are one of the best teams in the National Football League. The record doesn't really reflect that, and more so their quality wins don't reflect that. They haven't beaten great teams outside of Kansas City. They haven't really beaten any good teams. And you look at the Colts, we haven't beaten any good teams, period. We are 0-4 against teams that are above 500. So we have our first chance to pick up that win against a team that's above 500, and we could do it in revenge fashion against the team who knocked us out of the playoffs last year. And we are holding on by a thread. A lot of people will say, don't even talk about the playoffs. The Colts aren't in the playoff picture. That's fair. But mathematically, we're obviously still alive, and there's a lot of teams ahead of us who play a lot of teams ahead of us. So somebody has to lose those games, and this is an opportunity for us head-to-head to beat the Bills and give ourselves a head-to-head advantage over one of the teams that we could be battling for a playoff spot with at the end of the season. Last year, we lost a lot of these games. When it came down to the tiebreaker, if Miami won the final week, if they won Week 17 last year, we would have missed the playoffs at 11-5 and five because we lost to the Ravens. We lost to a bunch of those bubble teams that were sitting at 11-5. and five. And now we have a chance to win a couple of these premier AFC games like this game Week 11 at the Buffalo Bills. Jason, this is as big as any game we'll talk about this season because if you lose this game, the rest of the season really doesn't matter. So big game, big game preview, Week 11, Colts at the Bills. Without question. I mean, this is another huge game for the Colts. They've already dropped a a kind of a tiebreaker-type game to the Ravens that they should have never lost, but they did. And so that leaves no room for – no margin for error in these games. And like you mentioned, uh, you know, we play New England later on, and they're just getting better and better. So we've got to find a way to win this game. The only way that's going to happen is if we play our best game. It's going to have to be a three-phase game where we win offense, defense, and special teams. And it's that simple. The Colts just have to play their best game. Otherwise, they will not win. Let's start off, Jason, on the defensive side of the ball for the Bills and the matchup with the Colts offense because they're number one in virtually every statistic, number one in the most important statistic, which is points allowed per game. They are the number one scoring defense, allowing 15 points per game, which is very low, one point above two touchdowns, less than three possessions pretty much because 15 still two possessions, a touchdown, a touchdown, and a two-point conversion. They forced 24 turnovers, which leads the league. I think we're second. We only had one last week. Maybe we're third, but I think we're second, and Buffalo's number one with 24. They have 19 sacks, just a really, really good defense, and they have 
arguably the best safety tandem in the National Football League with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. So a couple really good safeties, good pass rush, good linebackers. I mean, this is just a good defense from top to bottom and a good Buffalo Bills team, a team that really should be better than their record. But you say that, and at the same time, they really don't have any quality wins on the season. They did beat the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are playing better football now than they were playing when they played the Bills. So the Bills don't really have great wins, kind of like the Colts. We have five wins. We don't have a great win. This would be our best win, and it would be the Bills probably their second best win behind Kansas City. But when you look at this Bills defense, number one in scoring, that can't go unnoticed. Not at all, and they're very, very good. Uh, very well coached by Leslie Frazier. They play a 4-3, uh, a lot of zone. So our offense should have seen these looks a lot in training camp going against our defense. I think we mix it up a little bit more than the Bills do. But as far as their, their personnel, it's really, really good. Uh, you start with Tremaine Edmonds, a young linebacker, who may or may not play. I think he's going to be questionable for the game. He hasn't practiced yet this week. But, you know, he's their leading tackler with 65. He's got three tackles for a loss and a pick. Then you got Matt Milano, who's got 40 tackles, another linebacker, nine tackles for a loss, one sack. You mentioned the two safeties. I mean, those those guys between them have seven interceptions. So And they make a lot of tackles for loss. They've also have seven tackles for a loss between them and also, let's see, 80, 84 tackles So between the two guys. So those two safeties are really good. And you got Tredavious White's one of the best corners in the game. Not a lot of stats for him because they don't really – he's not really tested all that much. But they have probably one of the top five secondaries in the NFL, and they're very stout up front. They have good linebackers. Just a couple other notable players on their roster. You've got, you know, inside they've got Ed Oliver at tackle – star low to Lele at tackle so they're hard to run on inside and then you've got guys that can rush the quarterback outside and, and a rookie out of Miami Greg Rousseau Jerry Hughes our old friend and also our old friend Mario Addison all three of those guys have three sacks there's nobody on this roster with more than three sacks but there's a bunch of guys with three sacks so they get it from a lot of different players they're just an outstanding defense Teron Johnson another great player for them corner outside and and uh and then levi wallace plays inside so they've got a lot of really really good players um they haven't had a lot of injuries which has really helped them and uh it's going to be tough sledding for the colts it's going to be one of those games where the colts need to really really focus and and not turn the ball over because this this team's defense is built on forcing turnovers and just wrecking games through that because they get the ball back for that offense and then that offense goes down and scores. So 24 turnovers, I mean, we already know what one of these keys is going to be. You cannot turn the, you turn the ball over against this team, you're getting blown out. That's the way it works. They get them in bunches. I think they had um, four or five last week, and, and they usually, when they get one, they usually get about three. So the Colts are going to have to be diligent about ball protection, Carson's going to have to take care of the ball or can't be any bad throws because these guys on defense will make they will make catches that other teams don't make and they will make plays that other teams don't make. They're very good at making game changing plays on defense. So it's going to be imperative for the Colts to be on on their game this week, because if they're not, they could get blown out in this game. And jumping right into the keys to the game for the Colts offense. Key number one, you just said it. No turnovers and limit the penalties last week we were penalized a lot in that game against jacksonville it was embarrassing that's undisciplined can't happen both sides of the ball key number one no 
turnovers. No question. This is the biggest key of the game for me because, like I said, they this team – they turn one into three. I mean, they 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 just they they force them in bunches and they blow teams off the field. That that's one of the reasons why they score so much. And then you know games get flipped and they end up winning like they did last week. I think that, I don't remember what the score was, but they blew the Jets off the field. And it was because they kept forcing turnovers. And for the Colts to have a chance in this game, they cannot do that. And they did a good job in the playoff game last year protecting the ball. For the most part, they need to do that in this game, limit the penalties. We've we've had some really devastating penalties called on us in our run game. That cannot happen this week. The two guys in the middle, Quentin and and, uh, Glowinski and and Kelly, are really going to have to do a good job on the interior against those two big guys to allow us to run the ball so we don't have to throw it so much because I I just think this is a game where if Carson's got a lot on his plate, that's going to lead to a lot of bad things. So that leads into the next thing we're going to talk about. But but as far as the first key and the biggest key, no turnovers. You can't have them in this game. If you get them, if we turn the ball over, we have no shot of winning this game. Key number two, run the ball, be balanced. Balance is big. When we talk about running the ball, we're really talking about keeping that balance. We did a good job last week of it, even when the run really wasn't working the next three quarters, I like that Reich stayed balanced and he never completely abandoned it. Of course, Taylor had that ridiculous first quarter against the Jaguars. But key number two, be balanced, run the football. I think that you'll be able to run better than you'll be able to pass against this Bills defense. So if you're going to throw the ball, you got to set it up with the run first. So run the ball, be balanced, key number two. It's a key a lot for this team because – we are so lethal with Jonathan Taylor. When we get him going, it's a totally different offense. Key number two, run the ball and be balanced. Without a doubt, this is super important as well. I mean, we all know this, but against this team, especially with the secondary that they have, it's imperative that we're able to run the ball. Like I said, the offensive line's got to be really good this week and focused on their techniques so they're not getting called for penalties. If you can run the ball, like you said, Luke, that sets everything else up. They play primarily zone, so there's going to be holes in that defense, and the Colts have to exploit that when they do throw. And I think they'll be able to, but but you just don't want to get in a situation where you're throwing so much that they know you're going to throw and they're pinning their ears back because that's not a good recipe for anything positive for the Indianapolis Colts in this game. So running the ball has to be priority one, being patient, taking what they give you is also a big thing because they play a very similar defense to us. There are plays to be made there, but they're not going to give up big plays. So you have to stay patient. You have to find the cracks in the zone, the tight ends, you know, Mo and, and, and Doyle. Uh, and then the backs out of the backfield could have big, big, big impressions on this game because that's the type of stuff that's usually left open in the middle of the field and little spots in the zone. So it's very important to run the ball because it leads to all those other things that we just talked about as far as play action, RPOs, all that stuff is all contingent on being able to efficiently run the football. So definitely the key to, and then also just, you know, obviously if you're able to run the ball that eats clock, it keeps Allen off the field, keeps your defense off the field. It keeps your defense fresh. So there's a lot of secondary variables that are positive for the Colts if they're able to run the ball. So that's obviously super important for this offense. And it's our number two key to the game. And key number three, convert in the red zone. We've struggled there all year. Convert in the red zone and in goal-to-go situations. I feel like we've been better. I haven't checked the stats. I feel like we've been better in goal-to-go situations. 
but I think our red zone numbers are still pretty poor on the year. And you're going up against a team that allows 15 points per game. That's two touchdowns and an extra point in there somewhere, a two-point conversion. That's less than two touchdowns and a field goal per game. We just played a team in Jacksonville who allows, I think, 27 points per game, 26th in the league in points allowed at home, and we scored 16 points offensively plus seven off a block punt on special teams. So you're playing a team who averages 15 allowed per game. Converting in the red zone, converting in the green zone, goal-to-go situations is imperative. Huge key this week. Key number three, when you're down there, take points, score points, convert in the red zone and goal-to-go situations. No question. And this is a game where, you know, you, you're going to have to get in the end zone because this team's going to score. Like if people were expecting the Bills not to score six points against the Colts on their home field, that's not going to happen. Uh, the Colts are going to have to score points in this game, and it's imperative that they score touchdowns. If you go back and look at their losses to good teams, which is pretty much every team they've lost to outside of Seattle because they didn't have Russell Wilson for the most of the season. I would say that the biggest issue with this team has been failing in the red zone. We didn't score. We stunk in the red zone against the – I mean, just go through the game. Seattle, we were bad. The Rams, we were bad. Both Tennessee – well, maybe not as much the second Tennessee game, but the first Tennessee game was a train wreck. And then you look at the uh, the Ravens game. I mean, we just could not score touchdowns in the red zone. So – in this game, if we want to beat a good team, you've got to be efficient in the red zone and score touchdowns. That's just the bottom line. They do it against bad teams. They've got to start doing it against good teams. And I, I think that's got to start this week in this game if they want to have a chance to win. No doubt. Now flipping over to the Buffalo Bills offense and the matchup with the Colts defense. They are second in points per game, 31 points per game. They've turned the ball over 10 times. They've allowed 14 sacks. And they're led by... Last year he was a pro bowler. This year he's having a little bit of a down season. I mean, his numbers, and it's funny because every time a quarterback like Mahomes or Allen or one of the really good quarterbacks in the league has a bad game or does something stupid, the immediate reaction of Colt fans is, well, if that was Carson Wentz, all you would hear is, well, it's like, yeah, because Carson Wentz is not those guys. He doesn't have the track record. He hasn't thrown 50 touchdowns like Mahomes. He doesn't have an MVP. He hasn't won a Super Bowl, and he's coming off a really, really bad year. Josh Allen's coming off a great year, and Allen and Wentz are having similar seasons this year, but Allen's having a similar season on a down year. Wentz is having a similar season on an up year, and I don't want to discredit Wentz, or talk bad about him is just an unfair comparison that a lot of Colt fans have been making. Because when you look at Allen's numbers, they're average in comparison to what he did last year when he really kind of broke out. I think last year was his third year. This is his fourth year. He really broke out last year. He's kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. But the talent, the arm, the arm talent, I mean, that's all there. And you can't sleep on him because at any given moment, he could beat you. The connection with Stefan Diggs is tremendous as Josh Allen leads the number two ranked scoring offense into week 11. No question. Josh Allen's a special player. He is having a little bit of a down year, but he's still thrown for 2,602 yards and 19 touchdowns. But where he's kind of made his biggest imprint, honestly, and this is a kind of a shocking stat to me, uh, he's run for 322 yards and three touchdowns, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's the second most on the Bills. So that's an important facet that he's added this year to his game is getting a little bit more into, you know, outside of the pocket and turning up and running for 
extra yards. And we know how the Colts have struggled with quarterbacks that can do that. So that's going to be an issue in this game for the Colts, as well as his arm. He's lethal with his arm as well. You go into the skill players for this team. I mean, you've got three really good wide receivers. you got Stephon Diggs, who's got 56 receptions, 750 yards, and four touchdowns. You've got Cole Beasley, the slot guy, 53 receptions, 461 yards and a touchdown he's their third down guy and another another speed guy opposite of Stefan Diggs Emmanuel Sanders 30 receptions 505 yards and four touchdowns and finally a guy that's really made a big difference on this this offense for this offense and leads them in touchdowns shockingly it's not Stefan Diggs it's tight end Dawson Knox 22 receptions 303 yards five touchdowns so they've got playmakers all over the field they got a tight end that that gets in the end zone. They look for him when they get inside the red zone. They've got a lot of talent on this offense. The offensive line is solid. I do think they're going to be without Spencer Brown this week, who I think is on the COVID list. He's their starting right tackle, and that's a guy the Colts were trying to trade up for this year. They really liked him a lot, but the Bills got him, and he's played really well for them. But I think he is going to miss this game, so that's a positive for the Colts. They need to take advantage of that. But outside of him, they've got a really stout offensive line. They don't run the ball particularly that much, especially if you look at the losses they've had. They didn't do a very good job running the ball. They kind of abandoned it quickly. But they do have a solid running back in Devin Singletary. And his backup is Zach Moss. But Singletary leads the team in rushing. And then their fourth receiver, Gabriel Davis, is a, is a big-time playmaker as well. So they've got, you know, they're, even the reserves are really good. And they've got so much talent on this offense. And they can score – 40 points like it's nothing so the Colts are really gonna have to be focused on every detail this week taking care of all those technique issues that they might have had in the Jacksonville game uh, and, and get focused on this offense and and, and and the personnel because if they take one playoff that's that could be a touchdown in this game so really good offense really good defense this is a really complete Bills team I think their record is going to get a lot better as they play they don't have, like I mentioned earlier, they don't have a lot of injuries, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, they haven't had any great wins, but they're still lethal offensively. And Josh Allen, I think, is going to start playing more to his capabilities as the season goes on and as it gets closer to playoff time. And getting to our keys to the game for the Colts defense key number one keep Allen in the pocket, don't let him get outside. It reminds me of Ryan Tannehill. They're deceivingly athletic. You look at them and you don't think legs, but they have wheels. They can beat you. And if you sleep on it, it will beat you, as we saw not once but twice with Ryan Tannehill. Could happen again with Josh Allen if you're not crossing your T's and dotting your I's. So key number one, let's make sure we cross them and we dot them. Keep Josh Allen in the pocket. Yeah, no question. You got to get him on the ground too when you got a chance. You cannot let up on him. He will he will get those extra yards. And not only with his, you know, legs, but he also like, you know, he can throw on the run almost as good as anybody, you know, maybe not Mahomes, but he can make almost every throw on the run from either, you know, going away, you know, going right or left. It really doesn't matter. He's got the arm strength to make both type throws. So the Colts have to stick to their man defensively but at the same time be aware that you know he can turn it up and run the linebackers are really going to have to be locked in on him and when he does run because he will 
they're going to have to get him on the ground or that could change the game too. Cause he can, he can move. He's, he can run well for a big guy. So keeping him in the pocket, don't letting him get outside the, the defensive ends and kind of keep him contained in that way is super important in this game because again he's second on this team in rushing so he will not hesitate to run for 20 yards and the Colts have had issues with that so they're gonna they've got to be prepared for that and uh you know they've got to be focused on on the job at hand and they got to be focused in the on the back end as well because you don't want you know him getting outside contain and and you know like you go back to that the first Tennessee game I mean he Tannehill killed us I think he had we had him on third and long five times, and he got five first downs. I mean, that'll that'll kill you. So that can't happen in this game. The Colts have got to be focused. Take away that. Take away his legs. Keep him in the pocket. Pressure him. You know, do all the things you need to do, but keep him in the pocket. That's that's where he turns the ball over. You pressure him in the pocket, he'll turn it over. He's really good on the run throwing. So keeping him in the pocket is super important in this game, and something the Colts have to take care of. Yeah, he beat us with that last year. He made about three or four throws outside the pocket down the sideline, and that was the difference in the game. Rivers played good in that game, but there were a couple things athletically that Josh Allen was able to do that I really thought was the difference in the playoff matchup up in Buffalo. Key number two, limit the big plays. It kind of goes back into what you were saying there at the end, what he could do with his legs, and he extends plays, and he hits the big plays downfield. Last week, we gave up a huge play. I think it was like a 60-yard run, 56-yard run to Jacksonville. Big plays in a game like this will loom much, much larger than big plays in a game against Jacksonville. So you can't give up the big plays. Key number two, limit big plays and be fundamentally sound. So tackle, get guys to the ground, wrap up, all the little things, not a lot of penalties. Key number two, no big plays. Yeah, and those big plays last week that you mentioned that Jacksonville had, people have to remember, they were momentum plays, but we're playing at home, so the crowd's not in it. Buffalo is a very difficult place to play, and if they make big plays, it's going to be momentum for them. It's going to be huge. That can turn a game. We don't want that. We want to, If they're going to beat us, we want to keep everything in front of us, make them go the long way, eat up clock, You know, shorten the game. That's our best chance to win. Got to get off the field on third down, but limiting big plays is super important against this offense. Diggs is a big-time player. Sanders is a big-time player. They can get down the field. They can take it the distance from any spot on the field. So, And then Allen, obviously. you know, He can make throws that a lot of quarterbacks can't make. So limiting the big plays. When you've got a guy in front of you, you got to get him down. If you can't get him down, hold on to him until you got a teammate there. They've got to tackle this week. You remember, go back to the Tennessee game. One of the biggest plays in the game, in my opinion, was the play where, you know, Xavier Rhodes doesn't get the guy down. You know, he just pushes him and he goes, I think it was A.J. Brown goes for whatever it was, 55-yard touchdown. And I would think that was the first play after the Taekwon injury and the fumble, and that changed the game. So you can't have half-ass efforts like that. There's got to be 100% effort in this game. They've got to play fundamentally sound, like we've mentioned, and make all the plays, you know, make the just make the plays, make the tackle. Don't try to do too much. Just do your job and focus on your task at hand. Every individual player has to do that. Be focused on every play, dialed in, and that and that way they can limit those big plays. The the Bills are going to make plays. They're going to score points, but you want to make them earn it. You don't want it to be one play, seventy yards, because that that will the stadium will be nuts. 
that'll get them going. You, you, you know, and those snowballs, once they start going downhill, as I've talked about, it's hard to stop them. So limiting the big plays, obviously super important. I thought we did a good job for the most part in the playoff game outside of a couple plays, a big play. To, I think there was one big play to Stephon Dix for a touchdown and a couple other plays. But for the most part, I think, thought they did a pretty good job in that game. They've got to do it again this week. And key number three, forced turnovers. The Buffalo Bills defensively are on pace for 50 takeaways. So chances are, hate to say it, hope it doesn't happen. The offense fails their key to the game, which is no turnovers or limit turnovers, because the Bills defense is so good at taking the football away, which means our defense is going to have to pick up the offense if we turn the ball over, and they're going to have to force turnovers of their own. I'm pretty sure... We might have fallen a little bit, but I'm pretty sure these are the two best defenses in takeaways in the league. So we got to match them and maybe hopefully at least neutralize it because you are the road team. So if we neutralize turnovers, I think that'll be a win for us and give us a great opportunity to win the game. Key number three defensively, force turnovers. Yeah, it's going to be a huge – that's to me, that's this what this game's going to come down to because both of these defenses are super opportunistic. Obviously, the Bills have a much better offense than us and really a much better defense than us, but turnovers are the equalizer of any game. And so the Colts, they've got to make the plays when they're there. Josh Allen, as much as good as he is, usually makes about two or three throws a game where there's a play to be made on the ball. And the Colts have to make those plays. They didn't make them against Jacksonville. There were a couple balls that could have been intercepted that were not. If you get those opportunities against Josh Allen, you have to make those plays. It's imperative because you're not going to get a lot of opportunities. And But he will give you a few. And you've got to take advantage of those few that he gives you. So we've got to force turnovers. I think that's a big key in this game. I think that, you know, if we can do that, we'll be in the game. I think – I think the Colts have an opportunity here to make a statement. I think this is a type of team they're playing against a team on, you know, offense or defensively the Colts are playing against a team that, you know, they've, they've kind of seen before they saw them last year. They know the personnel. So I don't know if they're going to be overmatched because they, they've seen them before. And then when you look at what the offense is going against, they see a, the Colts play zone defense too. They see zone in practice all the time. So the, the, the key is going to be the Colts just making sure that they take what they give them and, you know, do, you know, do what they need to do to just possess the ball and keep the clock running. Because I feel like the, that's the, that, that's the smart way to victory in this game. And for, as far as just going back to the key to the game, the turnover thing is going to be, to me, it's going to be the, the thing that determines the game because you've got two really opportunistic defenses in this game. So for us as Colt fans, we want to see, you know, Darius Leonard make some plays, Kenny Moore make some plays, get, maybe get Buckner in there for a few sacks, maybe a strip sack or something from the defensive ends. But it's very important that we force turnovers. I think if we can do these things, we will be in the game. And that's really all you can ask for against a really good team like the Bills on the road in this situation. So yeah, it, this is going to be a tough game and it's an interesting matchup and I'll be interested to see how the Colts come out and play. They have always since Reich has been here for the most part played to the level over their competition, both good and bad. So we shall see what will happen this weekend. And now we shall predict what will happen this weekend. Jason, you are eight and one on the season. So basically what you say goes, so we will let you go first. I actually think I'm nine and one, but what that's are the neither. They're five and five. 
You're right. Ten games. You're nine and one. Congratulations. <laughs> I want to be wrong this week, guys, but until the Colts prove to me that they can beat a good team, I just don't see it. I think this is the type of game where Frank is going to try to throw the ball. That's a recipe for, you know, a bunch of enters. The, the Colts could get blown out in this game very easily. I could see it if they don't stay patient with Taylor and they try to force, you know, Wentz into throwing. This is not the defense for that, and I just think it could end badly. I do think they're going to be competitive, and I do think it'll be a semi-close game, but I just think the Bills are the better team. I mean, it's that simple, and they've got players on both sides of the ball. They don't have as many injuries. Um, they do have a couple this week, but we, I mean, they're, we're, we're always beat up. And so I just think the bills playing at home, just have the advantage. And, uh, so I'm taking the bills. Yeah. I mean, just super surface level. We go through a lot of detailed stuff throughout the game preview. Who has the better offense? The Bills. Who has the better defense? The Bills. Who has the better quarterback? The Bills. Who has the better coach? the Bills, who's at home, the Bills. It's very difficult for me to take the Colts. Maybe plus 7.5, which I saw was the line the last time I checked. Maybe we keep it within a touchdown and the Colts cover the spread, but the spread's not going to help you when you fall to 5-6 and six making the playoffs. So it pains me to take the Bills in this game because they beat us. They knocked us out of the playoffs last year, and it's such a big game. But we've yet to beat a team over 500. They did beat the Chiefs. I think we lose that Chief game that they won. We haven't beaten that team yet. Maybe this is the week. And if it is, then my tune might change when we go up against other teams that are above 500 and playoff caliber and really good. But you're going up against the number two offense, the number one defense, a good young head coach, and you're on the road. And you're not on the road in Jacksonville that has no fans. You're on the road in Buffalo, which has one of the great fan bases in the National Football League. They're loud. They're obnoxious. They jump on tables. They're crazy. They're lunatics. It could be cold. And if you're throwing the ball in this, and I think Reich's going to, like you said, it's a recipe for disaster. So this would be a great week for Jason to pick up his second loss and fall to 9-2, and two, but I don't see it. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills, unfortunately. Maybe the Colts keep it close, keep it within 7.5, but I think this is going to be a tough task for a Colts team that hasn't beaten a good team yet. We just haven't. I mean, that's the cold, hard reality of the situation. So, unfortunately, Jason, I'm with you. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm taking the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo on Sunday in Week 11. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong too, man, because I really I feel like this team is still capable of making a run, and I think there's a path to winning this game, but I'm just going on past history as far as what I've seen from Frank Reich in these type of games and how impatient he gets and some of the decision-making and all that stuff. Um, we just find ways to lose these games, and that's who this team is this year so far through 10 games. When they play good teams, they find ways to lose games, and – and that's just what it is. And you, like you said, you look at all the key spots between the two teams. I mean, the Bills have the better players, and they're on. And, and like you mentioned, they got great fans. They're at home. They could be a great. I mean, and listen, there's two sides to every coin. We're 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 obviously picking the Bills, but this could be a huge statement for the Colts to turn their season around. Absolutely. As far as you know, going forward, but 
is for me personally, until I actually see this team go on the road or even at home, it doesn't even matter. Just play a good team and play winning football versus a good team. Instead of finding a way to lose, they find a way to win. Until they do that, I'm not picking them in any of these games because I have to see it for me to actually believe it can happen. I don't care what they did last year. That doesn't matter. It's about what they've done the first 10 games in this year. And every time they've had a chance to win against a good team, the Rams, Baltimore, the Titans, they found a way to lose. And you just can't do it and make the playoffs. So hopefully this is the week I'm wrong, Luke. I hope I'm wrong. But I just think this is a bad matchup. And I think this could be a week where you could see Wentz have a bad, bad game with interceptions. And it could get ugly. I hope I'm wrong. But – I could totally see it happening. Yeah, you used a key word there, could or can. I don't think the Colts can beat a good team. You said something like that with the word, I think, can or could in there. And it reminded me of a tweet I had last week about the Colts being 0-4 against teams that are above 500. And somebody came back to me with, like, each game what happened, like all the injuries in the secondary, which we've acknowledged in the Baltimore game and Wentz getting hurt. At the end of the Rams game, we also acknowledged that and just going through all the losses to the good teams about how it was like weird things. And he said they can't, you know, and I was like, well, I'm not saying that the Colts can't. We definitely could beat the Bills. It's possible we beat the Bills. I think we have the ability to do it or the Bucks, who are on a two game losing streak or the Cardinals, who I think have lost a couple games. I know Murray's been out, but they've lost a couple games. I think we could win any game. The overall point is every time we've played a good team, some things went wrong. That is a theme, and we have no proof of concept beating good football teams. So until it happens, I can't pick it to happen. It's got to happen first, so then I have some proof that it's something that we could actually go out and finish and execute. I know we are capable of it, but until we do it, I'm not going to pick it. I'm not going to predict something. That hasn't happened yet. I have to see it happen. And we still haven't seen it. And it's been a while. And Jason, one more thing I want to say about maybe abandoning the run or throwing. I didn't watch any of that Jets-Bills game because it was a blowout. It was not a good game. And the Colts were on at the same time. I saw that Mike White threw three interceptions in the third quarter alone. It was a semi-close game in the first half. Which tells me, without watching the game that the Jets most likely gave up the run at halftime because they were down a little bit. They gave up the run. They forced Mike White to throw. The Bills pinned their ears back. They knew the throw was coming. They knew the pass was coming, and they intercepted three balls in one quarter. That's probably all the possessions the Jets had. They probably had three or four possessions, and they threw three interceptions, which goes to show if you abandon the run, you make it a hell of a lot harder on your quarterback and your defense. When we say don't throw or don't excessively throw with Carson Wentz, it's not a knock on Wentz. We're actually trying to protect Carson Wentz and protect this team and protect this offense because we want not only the Colts to be at their best, but for Carson Wentz to be at his best. And he's at his best without a lot on his plate, especially against a really good defense, a really good secondary, a really good safety tandem like we'll see against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. So that's my closing remarks, Jason. Yours real quick, and we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah, well, you were going back and talking about the guy that uh, you know was kind of giving you the reasons for every loss. 
it doesn't matter. We didn't win. That's the bottom. I mean, every team has injuries. Every team has, you know, can do the same thing. They can go back and say, well, this happened and this happened. It doesn't matter. It happened. Ha- it happened. It happened. Yep. We haven't won. That's the bottom line. Like all those excuses, fine. That's great. But it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. We have to find a way to win these games, and we haven't done it. And like Luke said, until you do it, what are we supposed to believe? Like we're, we're one thing about this show that we've always been since we started for the culture in 2017 is honest. And until you show me and Luke both that you can do something, there's not going to be pom-poms and unicorns on this show. You have to show me. It's not going to be, oh, we haven't seen it, but we believe it's going to happen. No, we got to see it. And so until we, as far as, I guess I'm speaking for myself, until I see it, I'm not picking them in any of these games. And they're playing a damn good football team. This is not like a oh, if one bounce goes another way, they're they're four and six. No, no, no. This is a very good football team playing at home with an elite quarterback and an even better defense than they've had in the past. So, listen, they can win this game. I've said it. The the key is twenty eight. You you win this game through running twenty eight, keeping their offense off the field, keeping uh, our defense off the field. And eating clock, possessing the ball, you know, taking checkdowns, not trying to do too much. That is the way the Colts win this game. Do I think they can do it? Absolutely. Do I think they will? No, I do not. Yep. That's how I feel as well. So we will be back Sunday night. Colts Bills on Sunday in Buffalo. Tough place to play. Really good crowd. Great fan base. They went about a quarter of a century without a playoff win or a playoff win at home or hosting a playoff game or all three of those things so they got that last year against us unfortunately but really good fan base so tough place to play didn't check the weather but it could be cold it's buffalo and it's late november actually luke luke the the weather's going to be uh solid i think it's going to be about 48 and maybe a little overcast and maybe a little rain uh, that's couple days out but it could be a lot worse so we won't have a 2017 no god good (laughs) <laughs> although That's that good. might be preferable for us yeah to i win mean this honestly it could we already played in the bomb cyclone in san francisco so god gave us a little bit of a break going to buffalo but you never know with buffalo the temperature could drop and i think it's like the wind carries water from the great lakes and they get like absurd snowstorms in buffalo but luckily we'll dodge it this week today was really nice by me i had 60 degree weather but it's going to drop into the 40s tomorrow and i think it's going to be like in the 30s over the weekend it's gonna be a colder weekend down here which is unusual if buffalo is going to be relatively nice like 48 on sunday but we'll be back sunday night colts bills week 11 game recap that's my man jason spears i'm your host luke diamond and this is the for the culture podcast